TED Audio Collective. This is TED Health. I'm Dr. Shoshana Ungerleiter. On today's show, diabetes advocate Brooke Bennett shares her struggles with living with type 1 diabetes and calls for an affordable and humane livelihood for those with chronic illness. After the talk, join me for a journey down the winding pill trail from the moment your medication gets made to the moment you pay for it at your local pharmacy. We'll discover who gets to decide the cost of your drugs and explore what the government and some other companies are doing to disrupt the process and offer solutions for Americans right now. But who are these startups? And are they really the Robin Hoods Americans have been waiting for? This show is brought to you by Schwab. With Schwab investing themes, it's easy to invest in ideas you believe in, like active lifestyle, healthy eating, wearable tech, and more. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy as is or customize the stocks in a theme to fit your goals. Learn more at schwab.com thematic investing. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for this podcast comes from The Wonderful Company. If that name doesn't sound familiar to you, you probably know the pistachios that come from this company. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts Get snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. I love the various wonderful pistachio flavors. So in addition to the original flavor, I'm particularly fond of the salt and vinegar. And I keep little packets of them in my car so that I can eat and get some protein on the run. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Add a little curiosity into your routine with TED Talks Daily, the podcast that brings you a new TED Talk every weekday. In less than 15 minutes a day, you'll go beyond the headlines and learn about the big ideas shaping your future. Coming up, how AI will change the way we communicate, how to be a better leader, and more. Listen to TED Talks Daily wherever you get your podcasts. It was October 6, 2012, and I would have killed for Wendy's Frosty. I've been craving that Frosty for about two days, but it always seemed just out of reach. See, after urgent care turned into tomorrow after school, which then became, we need to go back to urgent care now. And finally, in the car on the way to the hospital, I realized that unfortunately, I would not be getting that Frosty. Because that Frosty would have skyrocketed my blood sugar, signaling the beginning of a journey with an illness known as type 1 diabetes. The car seemed to hold an overwhelming silence that night, but the world outside was loud. Everyone outside seemed to be going on with their everyday lives, while my life seemed to be on pause as I tried to understand my new reality. I was hungry and upset and tired, and I made that well known by sprawling out in that back seat and whining just a little bit. 
I was only allowed one thing to eat. A green apple. Not a frosty. A green apple. But honestly, as much as I would have killed for that frosty, that frosty probably would have killed me. Now, I'm sure you won't be shocked to find out that diabetes is expensive. There's my $5,000 insulin pump, the $250 a month for infusion sites for that insulin pump. And some insurances won't even cover the $1,500 every 90 days for a constant glucose monitoring system or CGM. On average, type 1 diabetics need three to six vials of insulin a month. Each one of those vials costs around $250. That's $750 to $1,500 a month for a drug that is vital for life. A drug that costs only $3.69 to $6.16 to produce. I'm fortunate enough to have insurance that covers most of these expenses, but I have a lingering fear that's shared by most young diabetics of turning 26, of aging off of my parents' insurance. I'm only 19, and yet my 26th birthday has been an ongoing conversation in my house. What are ways I can get insurance? How will I be able to afford my insulin? How can I keep myself alive? I experienced that delicate system in which diabetics operate on the night I dropped and shattered my last vial of insulin. It was a Sunday night, and our usual pharmacy wasn't open. So my mom began the search for a 24-hour pharmacy near us, while my dad attempted to get a hold of my doctor's office after hours in order to get my insulin prescription sent over to whatever pharmacy we were able to find. I was able to get enough insulin to last me to my next refill, My parents had the money to pay the $300 for that tiny vial. But the unlucky ones, the diabetics that can't pay, they have to worry about whether or not they will be able to afford their insulin every month. Sometimes they have to go without paying. Sometimes they have to go without their insulin. This is insulin rationing. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's skipping meals. It's skipping doses. It's taking less than you need or using a more unstable type of insulin just because it's cheaper. Between 2017 and 2019, 14 type 1 diabetics were identified as dying from diabetic ketoacidosis, a deadly complication of high blood sugar, also known as DKA due to insulin rationing. I want to take a moment for them. Monique Moses. Shane Boyle. Antavia Wershman. Jesse Lukin. Alan Rivas. Micah Fisher. Megan Carter. Stephen Elford. Kayla Davis, Josh Wilkerson, Jada Lewis, Jessamiah Scherer, Jeremy Crawford, and probably so many more. 
But tonight, I want to tell you the story of just one of them. Alex Smith. When he turned 26, he could no longer be covered by his parents' insurance. His job, however, didn't provide insurance. He decided just to go uninsured. His insulin and supplies cost almost half of his salary, so he resorted to rationing his insulin. Less than one month after going off of his parents' insurance, Alec died from DKA. He instead paid for the price of insulin with his literal life. But odds are you know about the price of insulin. Odds are you know it is considered one of the most expensive liquids in the world. The price of insulin is something you can at the very least conceptualize. $1,000 a month's worth of insulin? That's a new phone, $5,000 every four years for an insulin pump, those are some really nice vacations. These numbers, while large, aren't foreign. They're bad, but not completely abstract. On my arm is my CGM. It has saved my life more times than I can count. Knows my blood sugar every second of every day. It knows what I need even when I don't. It has the most obnoxious beeping noise. Think worse than a fire alarm for when my blood sugar's low. And when that alarm goes off in the middle of the night, I would kill for it to have a snooze button. But it doesn't. So I drag myself out of bed, drink juice, and deal with that beeping until my blood sugar comes up. This device saves me because I can't detect the signs of low blood sugar, the shaking, the world feeling fuzzy, the feeling of a body that's no longer mine when I'm asleep. And if I were to drop too low, I'd seize and I'd die. Now, there's a more subtle notification for when my blood sugar is high. An obnoxious vibrating. But if I were to spike too high, it's DKA. And this device on my arm that's saving my life, it's considered a luxury. It's considered something that I could live without. To put my CGM on, I first clean and prep my skin. Then I stick an inserter to my skin and press a button that releases a needle. That needle punctures the skin and retracts, leaving a wire behind. Then I remove the inserter and click a transmitter in on top. It's a similar process for my pump. Clean, stick, stab. Two little puncture wounds, two little scars. My body is covered in those little scars. Each one representing the CGM or pump site that had been stuck to my body. Each one representing the needle poke that went with it and the wire or cannula that needle left behind. Imagine years and years and years worth of scars in the anticipation of all of the years to come. 
little pokes over and over and over again. Now, imagine those pokes don't go the way they're supposed to every time. Imagine you hit a vein and now blood is dripping down your leg or you hit a muscle and it burns. The needle doesn't retract and get stuck. The sticky doesn't stick. Now you have to do it all over again. Or the tubing gets caught on a door handle ripping itself out. Do it again. The CGM loses signal. Do it again. Even if those things don't happen, I still have to do it again. Every three days for my pump site and every 10 for my CGM. Somehow, I've managed to go nine years without any major incidents. But I know just how much I hate experiencing the highs and the lows. But I know that I am one miscalculation. One CGM or pump failure, one misstep, one mistake from paying the ultimate price. I've mentioned DKA a few times as a deadly consequence, but I want to walk you through what that looks like. You are literally dealing with blood that is toxic. Blood that feels like it's on fire. Blood that feels too heavy for your body. Your body is turning against you again. Then organs shut down one by one, usually the kidneys first, then the rest to follow. A domino effect in slow motion. If you were rationing insulin, maybe you could delay this. But you have one more thing to consider. If you take that insulin now, you won't have enough to take when you eat tomorrow. And that was the way Alex Smith died. And every other diabetic, who, diabetic who's had to make that decision for themselves. Now, I have the privilege to pay most of these tangible prices. But I still experience the smaller prices every day. I've talked about some of those physical scars, but I want to talk about the ones that aren't visible. Imagine running out of class, missing part of a lecture to grab a juice from the fridge, missing out on high-carb meals because I just know that it'll mess with my blood sugar, delaying a workout because my blood sugar's not in range. Even worse, stopping in the middle. Being in the heat skyrockets my blood sugar and swimming drops it. Being sick makes it do weird things, and any medication they put me on when I'm sick only makes it worse. I'm spending so much mental energy doing math, calculating every second of every day, from the literal prices to the prices that I pay because I miss moments, so many moments. Look, standing here and trying to describe these parts of my life is hard. I experience these things on a daily basis, and yet I can't seem to find the right words to try and describe to all of you what it's like. The words I do seem to find don't fully depict the gravity of these situations, what it feels like to be in them. Situations that I got one singular day of education for. One day to account for a lifetime of managing a chronic illness. 
Now I can tell you the exact cost of that Frosty. 99 cents. 54 grams of carbohydrates, nine units of insulin, and a heck of a headache when my blood sugar spikes. It was a price I didn't understand 10 years ago. It was so much more than I could have ever guessed. But now I know that every time I eat food, I am paying both the literal and metaphorical prices of insulin. It was a price I was willing to pay nine years ago. But now I get it so much more intimately than I did the first time. And some of these prices, like the financial ones, are ones we shouldn't have to pay because we pay enough prices already. Exactly 100 years ago, insulin was tested on a human for the first time. And type 1 diabetes went from being a death sentence to treatable. We took giant steps forward in improving the quality of life with diabetes. And yet, diabetics are still losing their lives to the astronomical cost of something that we can't live without. The idea of affordable insulin isn't revolutionary. It's 100 years old. Every day, myself and millions of diabetics experience the roller coaster that is type 1 diabetes. We worry enough about keeping ourselves alive. We shouldn't have to worry about whether or not we can afford our insulin. Because I want to eat that frosty and have to worry about only one price. That headache that's sometimes worth it. Thank you. This show is brought to you by Schwab. You're here because you like to keep a pulse on fitness trends. Well, now you can invest in what's trending in active lifestyle, healthy eating, wearable tech, and more with Schwab Investing Themes. It's an easy way to invest in ideas that you believe in. Schwab's research process uncovers emerging trends. Then their technology curates relevant stocks into themes. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy all the stocks in a theme as is or customize to better fit your investing goals. All in a few clicks. Schwab Investing Themes is not intended to be investment advice or a recommendation of any stock or investment strategy. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. Support for this show comes from Brooks. I've really gotten into running this year, so I have to tell you about the Ghost 16 from Brooks, because this shoe is kind of a game changer. I found the cushioning to be next level comfortable. It's incredibly soft, yet surprisingly lightweight. It's literally comfortable every time my foot hits the pavement. The Ghost 16 from Brooks isn't just a shoe for me. It's a daily boost for my runs. Visit brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey listeners, it's Dr. Shoshana again. It's no secret that the price of prescription medications in the U.S. are up to four times the price in peer nations, like Germany and Canada. And costs are on the rise. As of 2020, Americans paid an average price of about $1,300 per person per year for prescriptions more than any other country in the world. As a result, the crippling costs of prescriptions have forced some Americans to make a tough choice. Sink into debt. 
skip meals, or stop taking their life-saving medication altogether. Even as a doctor, I've wondered why prescription medications cost so much in this country. Given the excessive costs and the life and death implications, it seems like more transparency around this issue could benefit everyone. So I decided to find out by doing a little digging. To understand prescription costs, we have to follow the pill trail from the manufacturer to your medicine cabinet. Every step of the process is manipulated by a key player. Let me talk you through each step. I'll start at the beginning. Pharmaceutical manufacturers have total freedom to price their drugs. This manufacturer price is called the wholesale acquisition price or the sticker price of the drug. But companies like Pfizer or Johnson & Johnson, for example, rarely get their sticker price. That's because distributors use rebates and negotiations that take place behind closed doors to get a lower one. So pricing transparency is lost early on. And this is just the first of many negotiations that influence price. The range of drug prices grows wider and wider at each step. Next, pharmacies negotiate prices with distributors. And no two pharmacies negotiate the same buying price. This is why if you've ever swapped pharmacies, you'll find completely different costs between them, even if they're located on the exact same street. But it's not time to walk away with your medications just yet. When a pharmacy sends the drug bill to your insurance company, the insurance company doesn't negotiate directly with the pharmacy. Instead, it goes through a prescription benefit manager. PBMs are third-party organizations that manage prescription drug benefits for insurers. They play a major behind-the-scenes role in deciding which drugs you get and how much they cost. And PBMs don't always act in the consumer's best interest. That's because they make money based on rebates they negotiate from drug manufacturers. And often they get the biggest rebates for the priciest drugs. Even with those big discounts, brand name drugs still end up being more expensive than cheaper generic drugs. And the burden of that cost typically falls on you. And without much transparency on how you ended up with the bill you got. Since these decisions impact so many people, you might wonder why the government isn't stepping in to make prices more approachable and reliable. Well, they are and they aren't. Unlike some European governments that negotiate costs directly with drug makers, the U.S. hasn't regulated the cost of prescription medications. However, in more recent years, legislation has made some attempts to help. In August, President Biden signed into law the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. Starting in January of 2023, Medicare patients will benefit from a $35 cap on a month's supply of insulin. The act also requires the federal government to negotiate prices for some drugs covered under Medicare Part B and Part D beginning in 2026. Not surprisingly, drug manufacturers have opposed proposals to lower costs. They argue that maintaining high ticket prices are necessary to fund the development of cutting-edge medications. But one recent study found that the average research and development cost for a new drug was over a billion dollars lower than what the pharmaceutical industry claims. So innovation costs may not be enough to justify such high prices. In the meantime, innovative startups offer a glimmer of hope for consumers. 
GoodRx allows people to compare drug prices from different pharmacies and offers free coupons that can save patients up to 80% off the list price of medications. This platform has become a staple for people without insurance, and it's also available for people with it. However, if you use a GoodRx coupon instead of your insurance, the amount paid for your medication won't automatically be applied to your deductible. Other companies are stepping in to offer similar savings. Earlier this year, billionaire Mark Cuban, the co-host of Shark Tank, launched Cost Plus Drugs. This company allows people to buy generic prescriptions with transparent pricing. Cuban says every product is priced the same way. His cost, plus 15%, plus the pharmacy fee, if any, and a $5 shipping fee. That savings in cost might mean saving lives. Imatinib, a leukemia therapy drug with a retail price of more than $2,500, is just $14.40 at Cost Plus Drugs. And that price is offered to everyone, with or without insurance. Companies like GoodRx and Cost Plus Drugs aren't solving the underlying issues driving prescription costs. But with the cost of everything on the rise right now, companies like this offer a much-needed sigh of relief. And as a physician, I'm grateful that smart, innovative entrepreneurs are coming up with solutions that are making a difference for my patients, regardless if they're fixing the underlying problems of our fragmented healthcare system or just finding a way around them. Thanks so much for listening today. This episode was produced by Joanne DeLuna and fact-checked by Ted. And special thanks to Anna Phelan, Maria Lagius, Michelle Quint, Grace Rubenstein, and Colin Helms. I'm Dr. Shoshana Ungerleiter. Stay well, and I'll talk to you next week. You're growing a business, and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate, no coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.